you werewolves out there, it's time to bark at the moon. The show's back. We've got another episode about Jack Russell, the werewolf by night. Me and my buddy Al Sedano from the Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast are going to be talking about three big issues. Jack gets his own series, and we're talking about issues one, two, and three in this episode. As usual, definitely stick in and keep on the horn here. And listen for a couple of really cool clips, and then Al and I in our conversation as well. Mmm, those hot dogs are beginning to smell delicious. Speaking of dogs, where is that original chowhound of ours? I've never known him to be late for a meal. All the Laurel and Hardy of the outdoors are still trying to put up Scooby's tent. Okay, cool! Oh, what the heck kind of tent is this anyway, Scoob? Pup tent. Pup tent? I might have known. Well, let's try again. There. It looks real comfortable. It's more food. <laughs> what was that? Look! What was that? Whatever it was, it's gone now. See? It was probably only a wolf. What do you mean, only? Let's take a look. Let's pretend we already did and didn't find anything. <laughs> no, Shaggy. Let's go look. Then this calls for some special nerve-soothing nourishment. <laughs> hey, it is Tracks. Good going, Scoob. Judging from the size, outline and general configuration, I would say they are definitely the tracks of a large wolf. But he's gone, so we got nothing to worry about. There's only one thing that bothers me. What's that? Wolves are four-legged animals, but these were made by a two-legged one. A werewolf! A werewolf? Here we go with another mystery. And the only way to solve it is to follow those tracks. Oh, no! Oh, no! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And once again, I'm going to be discussing Werewolf by Night. So that means my partner in crime, Mr. Al Sedano, is here. How are you, Al? Oh! <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> sounds, like, there. sounds like you need a cigarette. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. that'll cool. That'll that'll help my breathing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just keep keep puffing. I only smoke on the nights of the full moon, <laughs> and only the funny cigarettes, not regular ones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me a joke. I'm not interested. 
Mm. <laughs> so yeah, man. So we had already talked about, uh, you know, uh, the the very first appearance of uh, Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night, and Marvel Spotlight uh, number two, and then we had talked about, uh, you know, a couple more issues there, three and four. But now we are at, ta-da, Werewolf by Night number one. He, you know, sold well enough that he got his own series, right? Yeah. He's got his own book now. Now in his own mag. Mm-hmm. And I rise, werewolf kill. Yeah, this. <laughs> I, I I love this cover actually way more than I like the Marvel Spotlight covers, and that's no offense to whoever drew those. I can't even remember off the top. Of my I head, think but... Neil Adams did the first one at least, number two. Yeah, yeah, I do think you're right there, and then I can't remember about the other ones, but uh, you know this one is very iconic. Usually, when people think of Werewolf by Night, they always think of this one, right? I like the I like issue. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember three and four, but I do remember two. I like two, and I like this one. They're both similar in the fact that you have people walking along in a city, going on their lives, and there's the werewolf around the corner, just waiting to attack someone. Yeah, probably that fool with the grocery bag that's about to come around the corner because the uh, teenagers are walking away, so they look like they're going to be safe. But that other guy's in trouble. Hey, as long as the dog gets away, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, great cover here by Plug, man. He, he man, the great detail on this, like the werewolf looks fantastic, right? And the city is just disgusting. Again, like in the first issue when we were looking, when he's in that not first issue, you know, the Marvel Spotlight two, when you're inside the inside the issue itself, when he's in the city, it looks just disgusting and squalor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he's same in thing here. Yeah, he's like in an alleyway and there's a trash can knocked over and a beer bottle laying there. And it just looks like a bunch of crap all over the ground, paper and garbage and stuff. It's great. Yeah, it looks like just covered in muck. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. So, but yeah, great cover here. Love this cover. This is definitely one of my all time favorite covers, especially, you know, in the horror genre for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this was uh, cover dated September 1972, and like I said, Mike Plug was the uh, the cover artist here. You know, uh, pencils and inks, fantastic job. And then uh, this is uh, the story's Eye of the Beholder, and it's a script Jerry Conway, pencils Mike Plug, uh, inks are Frank Chiaramonte, and letters John Costanza. So, all right, well, if you're ready here, we'll dive in, and I'll hit a little synopsis here, and then we can uh, take a look at the book, right? Sure, but although you're missing the most important credit there. Uh-oh, which one? Stonecutter, Irving Forbush. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? He didn't get many credits in the 70s. Since it was the 60s, so it's kind of fun in this like the 70-something issue to be like, oh, hey, there's Irving. Yeah, and it is interesting because where that credits, you know, on the splash page where the credits are, they did a really good job here. It's like, you know, the werewolf is there and, you know, picking up from the previous issue of Marvel Spotlight, he's been turned to stone, and there's like a, I don't know if that's like part of a wall, like a half wall there. And that's where the, uh, that's where all the, that's what it looks are. like. Yeah. It's the, it's written in the stones. I love when they do. I love when that happens with the credits. Oh yeah. When they find someone to work it in. Love when they do creative stuff like that for sure. So, all right, well, here we go. So I of the beholder, uh, due to the actions of a mutant Gorgon named Marlene Blackgar, the werewolf has been turned into solid stone. However, as the sun rises, he transforms back into flesh and blood as well as back into Jack Russell. Buck Cowan finds Jack on the beach and brings him back to his house. Jack then tells Buck that he still possesses the Darkhold. As the two talk, he then realizes he needs to talk to his sister, Lisa, and gives her a phone call. And she sounds a little uh, timid over the phone, like something is wrong, but Jack can't quite put his finger on it. But she does agree to meet up with him at Buck's place. 
Little does Jack realize that Marlene is forcing Lisa to set Jack up. She wants to regain the dark grimoire for herself. Marlene Strug, her strong man, and her invalid father, Miles, find Jack and manage to capture him. Jack succeeds in escaping just as the moon begins to rise. He races away from the Blackgar home, leaving Buck and Lisa still captive. Turning into the werewolf, he circles back and enters the castle. He engages in a brutal struggle with Strug, and Marlene then fires her gun at both of them, but Strug takes the fatal hit and falls over dead. Facing Jack, Marlene removes her sunglasses, intent on turning him back into stone. The werewolf then lunges out of the way, and Marlene accidentally catches her own reflection in a mirror. Then both her and her father are instantly turned to stone. So, all right, uh, what did you think of this one overall? Pretty good issue, right? Pretty good. I mean, the ending's a little crazy. And I mean, the post-ending, the epilogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> Well, all right. Well, let's here. We'll start. But we'll get to that when we get to the end. But no, this is this is fun. I mean, my only real complaint about the issue itself is that this is not an issue one. Mm -hmm. You know, this is definitely not an issue one. If you did not see Marvel, it's one thing of like, okay, you you're picking up issue four or something, and you missed like something was happening from three. But you kind of Mm -hmm. gotta expect. But when you're picking up issue one, and you're like, wait, what do you mean? Like, he's the the main character. Stole what? What? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's the only problem with doing that, having something in one of those anthology titles and then moving it into its own title. If, yeah, if the people didn't see Marvel Spotlight, which not being one of their big titles, and this was the 70s and everything was on newsstands still, there's probably a decent chance you didn't see those issues. Yeah, it almost would have been better if this was Marvel Spotlight 5 and then the next issue was number one. Yeah, yes, that would, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that one too, but yes, that would work out a lot better than this one. This one's halfway through a story. But I gotta get that out of the way. No, otherwise, I do enjoy this, because I like that, it's a nice two-parter, it's a nice second half. I mean, come on, great cliffhanger to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that page, wow, that splash page is great, where you see, you know, the werewolf turn to stone in this, uh, yeah. you know, right outside the house there, that's great. He's the statue, and then the sun comes up, and that turns him human, which means he's now... No longer stone. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I can go with that. That works enough. That that kind of makes somewhat sense. I can go with that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I felt like in the previous Marvel Spotlight, there were some people that were turned into statues outside the home and they stayed that way, even if it was daylight out. So I'm but not they're sure. they're not werewolves. That's what I was wondering. Does it have something to do with, you know, the curse or something, I guess? I don't know. That's the best guess we're going to get anyway from this. They don't really tell us fully because he doesn't know, which is kind of cool, actually. It's not like he just automatically knows. It's yeah. like his best guess. Well, I guess since I'm a werewolf, when it's sun, I turn human. I guess that, you know, one spell is more powerful than the other. Yeah, and I do like to on page two there where it's there's a scene. It shows it's like more of a, a wide shot. It shows their house in the background and him there turned to stone. But yeah, really, really good stuff here. Plug, man. He's really great at uh, drawing this uh, character for sure. It's he was made for this one. Oh yeah, and the night scenes. Mm. I mean that whole house, the way that the trees, everything—it just makes it look so free, so creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get some really great captions by Conway here, and then you know the werewolf thinking to himself, and you know he's like, "She's the one I must kill. She who keeps me from <laughs> the uh, from the what does he say here? Forest." Right. Yeah, from the forest. And I'm thinking, keeps him from the forest? Like, I don't know. I think she's just trying to kill you, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, the werewolf seem, is kind of repetitive. I mean, he all he wants to do is, I must hunt, I must kill, I must get to the forest. Yeah, so and it is. It, is it all revolves around that. 
Yeah, it is interesting as the the series, especially even in these next couple of issues, he starts to do more thinking and less just, you know, snarl and scratch and bite and kill. He starts to really think things through. And I, I do like that. Yeah, no, right. it's, it, otherwise it's it's too repetitive. Mm-hmm. How many stories can you do with just him going berserk and trying to kill everybody? You know, we get old real quick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Buck shows up and I, I do like Buck. He's just like this this one constant in Jack's life for a while here in the comic that I really do like because he's just like some regular dude that gets caught up with uh, another guy who's a werewolf and has all these problems and stuff, but he doesn't seem to ever be bothered by any of it. <laughs> yeah, and he's always finding this guy half naked. Yeah, 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 like Hulk, like nothing but a little pair of pants still on. <laughs> that are t- torn and no shirt. Mm-hmm, but yeah, great stuff. But yeah, he's grabs, you know, his book, and he's got the... Uh, the dark hold here and he's like you know we got to get out of here and they look out a window of the house that's broken and he sees marlene and her you know her hired thug here Strug, and then her dad who i'm pretty sure he fell out of a second story or third story window and that's why he's in the wheelchair correct yeah because that's where he even says this is where he fell because he's looking for the body yeah. he's looking out the window and apparently marlene's not too worried about you know medicine because she's just like yeah pick him up throw him in the chair he's fine <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny too because that's a big contrast from the last issue where you know the you know her father was like I'm in charge everybody's got to listen to what I do he was you know, like you know telling everybody what to do but I feel like Marlene's like oh now you're like you know an invalid good I'm in charge now she was just waiting for this <laughs> yeah and that's pre- yeah she's probably not bringing him to the doctor doctor for anything because she's like yeah and, you know I'm sure there's internal injuries don't worry I'm sure you won't die till at least tonight we'll sign over everything by then don't worry yeah. Yeah, literally, he looks like he's aged 20 years since yeah. uh, the previous one, too. He's like this brittle, braille-looking old man in this wheelchair with white hair, and he just kind of is slumped over. And I like Marlene's outfit, though. She looks like she's ready to go hit the club. Oh, yeah. No, she's ready. She is in charge now. She is not taking his BS anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, she kind of says about how uh, she's... Uh, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, our friend escaped, has he? How unfortunate for our dear Mr. Russell. And, you know, she's he knows she's after the book. So he's thinking to himself, like, OK, we got to get this book out of here. So they jump into a plane and take off. I guess, thank God, Buck's a pilot, because I don't think Jack's flying any planes. No, no, Buck chartered the plane or borrowed it or something. It said, yeah, <laughs> called him some favors. <laughs> yeah. So it, they go back to his place. And like I said, it's interesting how he's just like, yep, yeah, I have a house here. And, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to be in like Santa Monica or where it is. Somebody somewhere kind of cool. Wherever Venice Boulevard is. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere really nice. And, uh, you know, they start talking about this and that. And then that's like I said, well, in the synopsis where he's like, oh, no, Lisa, I better give her a call. She's probably worried sick about me. But he does call her and she acts a little weird. And, you know, then we end up seeing it's because her stepfather and, you know, Marlene and Strug and <laughs> Miles Black are there, and they're basically coercing her to make, uh, you know, to tell Jack like, "Hey, let's meet up." Yeah, yeah, no, Dad is stepdad is just not helping at all. Yeah, this guy's a turd, but yeah, I like how he's always smoking a pipe too. I don't think we've ever seen him not with a pipe. I think it's attached to him. It's <laughs> yeah, probably he, part of his teeth. <laughs> it's glued to his mouth. <laughs> and let's mention for a fact that. Okay, so we're going to see in a second that Marlene, you know, they don't even waste time. As soon as they get to Buck's house, they have a gun on Lisa, and they, you know, attack Jack. The, well, the other one the time we're going to see Dad in this, and the, the time we're talking today, two, three, and four, it's never brought back up that, hey, you sent these guys of us. You know, they had gun, they had a gun at my head. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you're aware, not very legitimate because you know, gun to my head. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, completely be- washed over. It's like eh, it's okay. Ah, uh, sure, you might have killed mom. You almost got us killed, but it's fine. Yeah, and Strew kicks the crap out of poor Buck and knocks him out, and then he's choking Jack on the one page, and yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, we need to find that book." You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, he choked him out, so Jack's knocked out. So they're like, "All right, we're, you know, we're gonna, you know, uh, tie them up next to each other, like back to back on two chairs, which is hilarious." So she's gonna interrogate him. <laughs> By the way, you know Jack's wearing a shirt now, and it's still unbuttoned all the way to the bottom. Mm, all the way to his navel. <laughs> and the collar's turned up in that one panel, too, there. Because <laughs> he's like the that. man. That's why yeah. it's popped. Mm, it's fantastic. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to kick an old man out of a wheelchair. It's like, what? Eh, I'm okay with this time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's his way to get out of this. Kick an old man out of a wheelchair at Stroog. And then looks like he comes flying up into Marlene's face and slaps her up against, like, a, a wall. Yeah, just and just takes off. It's great. He's like, oh, Lisa. uh, Hey, sorry to leave you here, but I'm out of (laughs) here. You know, this is one time I can forgive him with the whole. Oh, my God, the moon. I mean, Mm. you know, we got another issue coming up where maybe not so much. But here. okay, it's not his fault. Yeah, well, I like, too, how he runs out of Buck's place and he's running down the street and there's like a hippie dude there and some chicks (laughs) on the street. That's a really cool. And there's some. uh, Shady looking dude walking his dog, too. That's awesome. It, like it almost it. reminds me like of a variation of the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And then, whoa, man, that next page. I love that one panel up top on that next page where Jack is running and you just see his silhouette and the moon behind him. That is yes. really cool. Oh. Yeah. He runs to the point where he's ripped his clothes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he buys cheap clothes, apparently. <laughs> I love the next page, though. What about that next page? That is one of my favorite transformation scenes from this entire series, those three panels. Oh, oh that, man. It is a good one. That one of him just standing there and just the head. All you see is just the head changing mm. with his the the, pan, the word balloon cutting out from words to the howling. Yeah, I, I just, man, I've always liked that one. Even just you would see if you just like, you know. Do a, a Google search of, you know, Werewolf by Night comics. I, I would almost guarantee that's going to be on the page there of the results. And, and the next panel of the posing of the, you know, the werewolf posing for us. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He's almost like on a little bit of a, a rock there or a cliff or something. Yeah, that looks fantastic. And I have to say now, maybe in like 16 issues, I'll be sick of it. I don't know. We'll see. But I do like how when we're doing it, there are at least there. I mean, yes, Jack apparently doesn't know how to read a calendar ever, but Mm-hmm. This is all my next issue. But at least I do like how the series are like first night, second night, third night. You know, for the, for, you know, as soon as he turns into a werewolf and tells it which night it is, it's kind of like its own variation of whatever knows fear burns at the man things touch. It's like, yeah, <laughs> they're using it a lot, but I'm kind of liking it. I'm digging it. Yeah, that is really cool. I mean, I they don't talk about time lapses very much. It almost seems like it's just one day that flows into the next that flows into the next. But in one of these issues coming up here, they do actually uh, say it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, they do do a time jump here, basically. Nothing, you know, crazy, but they actually do. And I was a little surprised by that. Well, Uh, I mean, they have to they I guess sometimes they do remember. Oh, yeah, it only happens. The full moon only happens once a month. So, yeah, a couple things could happen around that. But really, all the adventures are like this one crazy week. 
Mm-hmm. And now it yeah. is, it's like, okay, you get a few weeks off, and now another crazy week. Yeah, and again, that's something that'll change over time as well. They'll end up getting to a point where he can change whenever he wants. He gets control of it. So uh, I do kind of like that just because of the fact that then you don't have to be like, it's like on that monthly cycle crap. <laughs> True. Although they also could have, I mean, if they wanted to go that way, they could have some fun with it where like they have an issue or two where it's like in between where stuff's happening and he doesn't have the werewolf as a crutch where, you know, well, I can't fight Strug, for instance, but the werewolf can. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh crap! Now what do I do? I have no werewolf. There's no. It's a new moon, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only a quarter, half moon. I'm not. I'm not wolfing out. Hmm. Yeah, I do like and like you were mentioning our buddy Strug there. He has a, a pretty good brawl with him. That's you know he's he's a very powerful guy, and I'm not. You know, I'm sure if he's supposed to have any kind of superpowers or anything like that. He's just this huge muscle bound guy. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe he is, but I have no idea. <laughs> and then Marlene at the one point here while they're fighting, she's standing behind her father with the pistol watching them fight. And her father, you know, who usually was just like, you know, like we said, like before, just like an invalid, like this old man and his head's down, like he's barely conscious. He's got a really pissed off look on his face on that one page. I like that. <laughs> watching the fight intently. It's their show. They want popcorn. Mm. But this is a cool looking fight, I have to say. I mean, they're doing mm-hmm. some cool moves i mean he's throwing the werewolf by his ankle the werewolf jumps on the with the lamp you know grabs the chandelier to like swing to the balcony jumps mm-hmm. back down i mean that that last on that page that last panel where like the werewolf is like strewed around the race like a scissor but he's grabbed the werewolf's arm with his mm-hmm. yeah I mean, cool yeah plug did a great job here with the fight scene that is really really cool and <laughs> yeah and then Mar- marlene i know she's got her she's packing her pistol there so she blasts away and Instead of hitting the werewolf, she hits her buddy Stroog here. And, oh, poor Stroog. Yeah, and at first, the way they, you know, did the scene, you almost thought she shot Jack because he kind of goes limp and goes to the ground like he's, like, unconscious. But I guess it, maybe it was just from the bear hug because, you know. I think so, yeah. Yeah. But poor Stroog. Because, I mean, they just tortured this guy, made him their slave, basically. And he's mm-hmm. like, I want, he's like, werewolf, I don't want to fight you. You freed us. But I have to obey. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of makes you feel bad, and then Stroog dies, and then that last panel so cool. She's like, "Oh God!" As the werewolf gets up, and she's like, "Oh crap!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we did see, you know, she has some powers of her own here, but honestly, you know, they're very limited compared to what Jack can do. He's he's agile enough that her powers can really, you know, like we see. Yeah, yeah, she pulls her glasses off and tries to use her crazy uh, uh, powers. Uh, you know, turn them to stone again. And he's smart enough to jump out of the way. And the mirror catches her and her father in the reflection. And I love that panel where you can just see them turn to stone in Jack's hand. And it's uh, uh, Conway writes, then her voice was silenced. And somehow my bestial brain knew there'd be trouble no more. <laughs> I was going to say that next page then afterwards, after they've turned to stone, the face to face with the sister. That's fun. Yes, and even, but even the werewolf at that top panel there, holy crap, does that look good? Like, oh, yeah. there is so much detail in it with Plug. He has the werewolf kind of like there's a motion, like he's snapping his head back quickly and his hands and his arm yeah. there. The wow. degree of detail on the fingers and the arm, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, and then Lisa's like half out of it and she's like, Jack, Jack. And she slowly looks up and the werewolf is right in her face and she's, like and the werewolf's like, ah, what a question mark! Like, ah, and she's like, yeah. 
<laughs> and the sound effect is literally coming right out of her mouth. <laughs> yep. And then he takes off and runs right out of there. And, you know, here's another panel I really like, too, where he kind of just runs out in front of a car and almost gets hit. And then he just climbs up to, like, you know, a mountain. And then he's down in, like, a little bit of a valley here. And he's taking a drink of water where there's, like, a little waterfall. And he's just standing there with his arms raised. I like that one. Mm-hmm. It's like the wolf is like, finally. He's like, I win. Ha ha ha. Like he's celebrating his win. <laughs> this is what I want. This is all I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's great, too, because then there's, again, another page where it's just, you know, him for a bit here running around the woods. We see this huge deer and then he starts howling. And then you see an actual wolf in the background with the howling there with the moon behind it. They're both. I like how they do that. With the deer, our eyes met. And in that moment, we knew. It was done quickly. Yep. <laughs> he feasted, apparently. <laughs> it's like, we know. Get up the show us. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and can then, figure it out. And in the morning, I started home. And there he is, uh, it just his pants on. And he's, you know, making his way back to the home. Like, I guess he only runs a mile or two away. And then, like you said, this final scene here, what do you think of this? Where, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It reminds me a lot of, if you ever read Excalibur. Okay. If I don't know if you have or not. A little bit. Did you read the early issues, like the first few? Like one, two, three? Mm. When they fight the werewolves and they defeat them and they weren't sure what to do with them, so they end up putting them in the London Zoo. Oh, gosh, that's funny. <laughs> and it actually ends up them looking at them with, you know, a crowd of people watching the werewolves. You know, but that at least had, had like an idea of like there was some time in between. This is like the next morning. So like what? By like 8 a.m., you know, they woke up around seven, got themselves untied, called the police. And then we're like, hey, you know, by 930, these people should be carted out. <laughs> yeah. And Jack has some cornflakes there, too. And he dumps the cornflakes out. And that's where he hides the dark hold. <laughs> that's right. Because we forgot. Yeah, they that's what they were there for. They were looking for the dark hold. Yep. <laughs> Does that mean those cornflakes are evil now? I think so. Yeah, if you eat those, you're in big trouble. <laughs> like I said, the endings. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with the ending. It's just a little fast. Yeah, you know, yeah. Look at that. Really? Already? The next morning? Really? And they're already there? And there's a crowd? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. I think maybe somewhere it said something about getting to his buck's house around noon but still, oh well that they, that's fine then they got to they woke up and somehow contacted a museum or art gallery or something and got those statues there how did they get them there because i can't see buck picking those up exactly plus <laughs> just thought of something now now i'm not sure how old lisa's supposed to be but let's just assume she's at least jack's age if not older so no one's they don't seem to have a problem. So I guess it's not the first time Buck or Lisa woke up tied up, hit, you know, with somebody else. Right. They, they don't, don't even know. It's like, oh, one of those nights again. <laughs> yeah, for real. I think she's supposed to be a year younger than him. So did he just turn 21? So maybe she's 20, 19 in there. OK, let's go with that. Yeah, I think she's like, you know, one or two years younger than him. But yeah, that's great. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. So, it, like you said, weird for a number one issue because it was already halfway through a story, which makes no sense. And if you didn't read the other stuff, you're screwed. Um, 
But for now, of course, it doesn't bother us because if you're able to read this now, well, you're probably reading a collection or a digital, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. If you're reading an essential or an epic collection or anything like that, you're, you're good to go. But man, yeah. yeah, back in the day, you were screwed. <laughs> you were like, but, what is going on here? Yeah, but like I said, my only issue I can say with the story itself is just kind of like the whole how fast that happens. But otherwise, no, nah, I'm fine. It's great. It's fun. It's cool. I like the... I like the fact that, they, you know, it was someone different. It wasn't just as another, you know, monster, you know, big guy or, you know, it was a, you know, she had like, she had the power. She was a Gorgon. That's that's a cool thing. That's something different. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely different. You didn't see, I don't know, if, I can't think off the top of my head of other comics that used that. I mean, obviously that was something in pop culture for a long time before this came out. But still, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, so I liked it. And I like the, I like the, the reversal of the whole the, with the two of them the mother the sorry the daughter and the father after he mm -hmm. was like hurt like because if the last the last time it almost seemed like she was more sympathetic yeah but not really she was just ready to be as bad as dad yeah like she was very like soft-spoken and very like reserved in that previous issue so that's why it was a little bit like, wow, she's really not like that. She was really just waiting for her chance to be in charge. She she reminds me of the mist from Starman. Oh, OK, I got gotcha. you. If you read Starman. Yeah, the, another completely different comic. Yeah, the, the 90s. 90s. Yeah, yeah, the mm -hmm. Jack Knight one where like yeah. when you first see her, she's having trouble speaking and she's very like quiet and submissive. And then like once her father's heard of it and like her brother's dead. Like, she's like, no, I'm in charge now. You know, I don't yeah. have you guys putting me down anymore. And now I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it better than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, but that's, def yeah, cool. that's definitely how Marlene was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Marlene was really, really, like, just waiting for her chance to shine. Waiting for her moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so all right. Fun. Well, why don't we move on to issue number two here? Uh, Sounds good. One, yeah, this one was a uh, cover date in November 1972. And again, same uh, cover here by uh, artist Mike Plug, pencils and inks. Um, and then we had Jerry Conway uh, still on the story. Mike Plug and Frank Sciaramonte as well. And uh, John Costanza again as well with the uh, letter. So what do you think of this cover? Uh, this one's a pretty good cover. I don't think it's quite as good as the other one, but this one's pretty good. It's good. It's fun. I mean, they have to do one every month, so they're not all going to be winners. Yeah. It's good. It's not as great, like I said, it's not as eye-catching or memorable as the other two, I thought. You know, Marvel Spotlight 2 and Werewolf 1. But it's cool, you know, the werewolf in a net being shot up with cops all over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's pretty accurate for what actually happens in the issue, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no bait and switch here. You, There's a chopper in the background, and yeah, like you said, they threw a net over him, and they're trying to shoot him, and the one cop's like, Good Lord, that thing we've netted, it's a werewolf. Shoot it fast and shoot to kill. And the other cop, he must watch movies. He goes, how can we without a silver bullet? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he was watching Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein last night. So, you know, he knows all about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. The, he grew up on those movies. So <laughs> when they came out in the 30s and 40s, looks like. so. He's, uh, it's he, kind of funny, though. It almost looks like the werewolf's using the net as the disguise. Yeah, or like he's going to try to use it to start flapping his wings and fly away or something. <laughs> <laughs> but again, great detail by Plug. You know, oh, the werewolf um, looks cool. The, the, look at the, the pier. Yeah, the pier on the dock here that they're on. There's like just all this detail with a rope hanging around it. Oh, it looks I'm, great. I mean, even though the even the covers that are not my favorites, 
are still great to look at just because it reminds me of like an EC cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Plug, yeah, he definitely reminds you of like Graham Ingalls or somebody like that. Yep. Like if this is the cover for like Tales from the Crypt number two featuring a werewolf story. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you there. This the, he he did have a real EC quality about his work, which is a huge compliment in my opinion because mm-hmm. EC EC had great artists. They had so. amazing artists. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's jump into this one here. So, this one's called "The Hunter and the Hunted." Uh, as the werewolf prowls the streets of L.A., a police squad car takes note of him and begins pursuing him. He evades the police but catches the attention of a mysterious red helicopter. The helicopter generates a net and ensnares the werewolf's body, and Jack dives off to peer into the water. He tears through the net but finds himself prey for a hungry shark. The werewolf easily dispatches the shark and resurfaces. The following morning, two surfers find Jack unconscious, washed up on the beach. Jack then to Buck's cottage but refuses to tell him anything about what happened the previous night. Jack's girlfriend, Terry, is present, and together they attempt to translate the passages from his father's journal. Unable to satisfactorily complete the task, they consult with a former university teacher named Father Ramon Jaquez. He takes particular interest in the entries. Time passes, and one evening Jack receives a visit by a man named Mark Cephalos. Cephalos knows that Jack is the werewolf and confesses to piloting the helicopter that attempted to capture him the previous month. Cephalos kidnaps Jack and takes him back to his hidden lair. He tells him that he is dying and wants to steal the life energy of Jack's werewolf form in order to save his life. He hooks Jack up to a machine and waits for the transformation to take place. Jack transforms and breaks free of the device. However, enough energy has transferred to imbue Cephalos with incredible strength. The two begin fighting one another, but Cephalos manages to escape to his helicopter. The werewolf dives into the cabin and forces the chopper off course. He then dives free as the vehicle crashes into the Hollywood Hills. All right, so what do you think of this one? This one was pretty wild, huh? Oh, I I like this Mm two-parter. I like it a lot. I like the fact that they actually go, like we said... They go with the timing. This ends with the last full moon and goes until the next full moon. Mm-hmm. So we start with the whole net, and you know we have the whole fight thing with the net and the shark, <laughs> which you know, is crazy. Before, a few years before Jaws. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the shark was in the consciousness of everyone yet, because you know if this was seventy five, seventy six, it's like oh yeah, of course there's going to be a shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even I think Ghost Rider even fought a shark at one point. <laughs> Well, come on, when you have a zombie, when a zombie's fought a shark, everyone's going to fight sharks. <laughs> right, but man, again, this opening page here from Plug. Oh my gosh, this is incredible work here. Oh my word, there's a frightened guy in the background, and he's running through the city streets here in the alleyways, and just a shot of the werewolf like coming right at the reader. What do you think of this? Oh god, no, that again, and a great splash page, Whew. and it's a nice example of a splash page that actually works as part of the story and not just like here's a second cover mm-hmm. yep yeah, it's its own thing but it's still part of the story you know the werewolf's running through the street you know because then that's you know the cop car comes up to it it's like what the hell and yeah. the werewolf just jumps over the car which is a great although uh, the damn arrows they didn't <laughs> last issue we have them again here <laughs> yeah they weren't sure people knew how to read comics i guess so but yeah well, that uh, the yeah, it's like Plug is going a little too crazy with the. With, I mean, his in the panel, his story is you know it's great, and his artwork's great. He just needed to 
catch up on his uh, storytelling a bit where you can read the pan read the book without having to know this is where you go next mm -hmm. yeah 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 absolutely the panel configuration maybe wasn't as as it's easy strong. to yeah but this out. was still early days for him so the fact that he was this amazing here mm -hmm. is fine he'll he'll learn mm -hmm. yeah and the level of detail he has in stuff is just crazy like it's like that splash page my gosh the detail on the werewolf is just absolutely crazy yeah mm. and let's see and we get to the part where, yeah that, there's that chopper which we you have to think of first as part of the police but it's not Right, yeah, especially from the cover, I would think that. I mean, it doesn't say police on it, but they're all over the place, and it's, you know, just blasting around. So I kind of feel like, oh, yeah, that's the cops, but nope, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, you first get a hint at looking at the people inside, like, are those police? Mm-hmm, and then, yep. oh, boy, the fight with the shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I don't know whose idea that was, if it was Plugs or if it was Conway's, but that's hilarious. It's fun. <laughs> yeah he's uh and i mean you figure he's in the shark's element too but doesn't take long for him to just uh easily kill the shark and then the shark we see uh floating down to the uh bottom of the floor there uh bloody <laughs> yeah and then you know the wolf gets out and passes wow. out on the beach look at that panel him coming out of the water though well he's oh, all the man. green like green tint to him mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy yeah. good and then passed out like half in the water, found by servers the next morning. <laughs> yeah, hot chick too, by the way. <laughs> I have Plug had some fun with that. <laughs> oh yeah. And mm -hmm. then back to Bucks. Yeah. And Bucks like, all right, yep, you're back after be gone all night, half naked, wet, covered in sand. Yep, yep, that checks out. Mm -hmm. Bucks like looks like he's ready to head to uh, Studio Fifty Four. There, he's got his shirt unbuttoned and he's got his medallion hanging off his neck there and his big sideburns. <laughs> the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, you got to have a ciggy or a pipe. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, Buck's been up all night doing what he's doing. <laughs> he's doing what Buck does, which we don't still don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, man. But Buck yeah, Jack, does what Buck does. <laughs> yeah, we only want to know what he does at night. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah. And then, like we said, it's just weird how uh, out of nowhere, there's this girlfriend that shows up, this Terry. Terry. Like, yeah, which... By the way, I looked her up. She has like a two appearances. This is the second one. So yeah, I think say goodbye to Terry. Say hi to Terry. Now say bye to Terry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing uh, sinister happens to her in the issue, but it's just weird how she just popped up out of nowhere. It was like, oh, we need to put a girl in a story. Well, I guess Lisa's busy, so let's make a girlfriend named Terry and put her in here. Which, by the way, when they're sitting on the couch later, they look so similar. It's like, wait, which is like, I'm half expecting Jack to start making up. Like, oh, oh, crap, my sister. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> wrong one. Sorry, I didn't realize Plug was going to draw you to look like my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, they go to see, uh, she has an idea. She knows who to talk to. So they go to see the priest who is leading a protest. Very mm -hmm. topical for the time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he goes, what does he say? Uh. Uh, there's a, a caption that says, did I mention that Father Jacquez uh, was once a member of the university faculty with the emphasis on once? And then, uh, yeah, he's uh, snapping out. He says, and if you let them, they will continue to exploit you, to treat you like cattle, stock to be sold. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay. And he doesn't really actually specifically say what's going on. 
but it's enough that he's pissed off about it, whatever it is. Now, considering this is what, like we said, 72, yeah, you could fill in one of many reasons why there were student protests. Yeah, it's kind of weird, too. One dude, like a lot, not everybody's kind of acting pretty calm, but there's one dude who's got, you know, the good old fist in the air, and then there's another guy that's got like a club, like he's ready to, you know. He's like, wait, I, I was told there was going to be violence. Yeah, we're going to smash stuff, man. <laughs> I'm ready for the violence, please. <laughs> but yeah, then, uh, oh, Buck Cowan is uh, who knew this present. Oh, hey, Buck Cowan. Like, they're old buddies, and uh, he's, uh, they go back to his house, and uh, they uh, give him the book, and he's like, uh, quite an interesting volume, Mr. Russell. <laughs> yeah, this whole book of satanic spells. Yes, very interesting. I'm going mm-hmm. to write to the Vatican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe the police. We got a cult Satanist going on here. Yeah, it's he says it's from the 12th century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your dad wrote this? <laughs> yeah. Like, what kind of family are you from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does he say? Jack says, before he died, he was considered quite a scholar in the Balkans. And Buck says, tell him everything, Jack. Your old man was a warlock. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Buck, Buck, you're not helping. You're not helping. Yeah, and then I like, <laughs> I like how the, on that last panel on uh, page 11 there, how uh, the priest has the, the book and he's like hugging onto it like he's in love with it. I'm like, what are you doing? Maybe it's it's working its way on him already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got to where it want to be, but they have no idea what it says, so it really can't do anything to them. So now it's like, oh, someone who can read me and understand. Yes, I am precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, they go back to uh, Buck's place and, uh, you know, he kind of recounts uh, a little bit of the origin here uh, on that page, too, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we get the flashback. But we also get the time it's like Buck, Ter- like Terry, Lisa and Jack are basically staying, more or less staying at Buck's place for like the next month. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, you have a free couch and a free room. All right, cool. We're staying over. It's like, I barely know you people. He doesn't even know these people a month, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what's going on here? But like, Buck's like, whatever. Buck's cool. It's the 70s. Stuff happens. You know, stuff happens. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do like, uh, you know, it, uh, he keeps flashing back to like what happened in the last few issues on oh, page yeah, we- 14. And that's why I thought also this would be a better issue one, because we also yeah. get the flashback to issue to the origin and everything. So, you know, if you missed Marvel Spotlight, you know what happened. I mean, this even recounts up until, uh, yeah, this recounts with his father and everything. So yeah, this recounts issue two. So, yeah, you're caught up if this is issue one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been perfect. But mm, alas, that's not how it worked. So <laughs> but what about page 15 here? I really like that page because it leads off with uh, you know, the Jack one. Jack thinking to himself and the werewolf, it's like this red and in black. red. Oh, oh so good. No, that is beautiful, that werewolf image. Mm. That that yeah. yeah, that is just perfect. Yeah, man, Plug, what a master. Like and you know, like we said, this is very early on in his, you know, career too. He's already that that this good. And who did the color here? I, I you I can't knew. yeah you can't find credits for colors anywhere i didn't know if maybe yeah, it's, it's a question mark or what yeah, yeah it's always like uh we don't know because <laughs> back then you know how it was the, the letterer got a uh, credit in a lot of stuff this far back but the colorist like rarely did and i don't know why that is I and it could have been like... the artist himself doing it so it could have been plug because whoever did it that's a nice job 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a choice to make that like black and red, you know, behind Jack there like that. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. And then, like you said, then he's making out with somebody, and we're not quite sure who that is. <laughs> Let's just hope it's Terry. Yeah, it's just like Game of Thrones or something here. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, crazy. And then knock, knock at the door. And the, oh, I'm sorry, it's the doorbell. And Buck's like, it's almost midnight. What kind of? And he opens the door, and it's a big, ugly-looking guy named Cephalos and his like little Popeye wannabe friend here, right? Yeah, and considering what we're going to find out about Cephalos in a little bit about his origin, it kind of makes sense that like he seems a bit misshapen. Yeah, he's like he's look a, at his head. Yeah, he's a big guy, but his head looks like it's way too big even for his giant body. Yeah, and it kind of fits with what we know how his origin is. But we'll get to that in a minute. Like it almost it's like it didn't happen to go fully right. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it's not he's not fully the way he should be. Or one no. of them. Yeah, no. So, yeah. So, yeah. Then, you, you know, we, we uh, see that uh, he's like, all right, Jack, you know, let's go for a ride here, pal. And Jack's like, all right, pal. And uh, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his sister's trying to be like, I don't like him. He frightens me. And he's like, hey, chill, babe. And like, I'll be back in no time kind of attitude. And he gets into this crazy. I don't know if that's supposed to be a limousine or what that's supposed to be. That is one funky looking car. <laughs> it, it's like a station wagon. But it has like the inside of a limousine, but it has like that extra top part, like a like a like a um, RV, probably to fit his head in there because his head's so big. <laughs> I guess he figured, well, I gotta have a. Well, I'm like kind of a mutant. I need a mutant car. Or maybe I thought too. Is that one of those deals? Like you know, when he get like an RV and it has that part up top like that, where like there's a little bed up there where you can sleep. Maybe yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. That is a weird looking car. Yeah, it is. But it's equipped with uh, uh, gas, so it can gas somebody, and he can just put on his little uh, mask here. And, and a gas mask, too. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. convenient. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's custom. I don't think that comes standard. <laughs> that's an op- that's an option. <laughs> that's, a, that's an upgrade. Yeah, you got to pay extra for that. Top of the line here. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, drive to his uh, crazy palatial estate here, but wow, how about that on page 18? That is an incredible-looking page where... You, know, you see the car coming down, and there's Jack laying there unconscious, and he's thinking to himself, this Cephalos. Or I'm sorry, he's not thinking to himself. He's talking out loud. He says, everything proceeds according to plan, Lewis. Well, I guess that's our little Popeye guy here, Lewis. Before the next night is out, I believe we'll have achieved our goal. And the two of us, Jack Russell and I, who can say which will be the poor? And then they pick him up, and <laughs> he has to be on the uh, shoulders of the little guy so he can actually be on the level there. <laughs> yeah. And that house, that I mean, how many of these? I have to wonder how many of these things exist in California because, like, everyone seems to have one of these like mansion castles mm-hmm. in a desolate area. Who yeah. is selling these things? That real estate agent must be making a fortune. Yeah, they're set up for life because, yeah, it almost looks like it's two houses combined into one because the architecture is a little different on the two parts of it. But yeah, it is a huge house. <laughs> but here we go down into the dungeon and. It's almost like the, the the story almost turns into like a Frankenstein type uh, story here, like Dr. Frankenstein, right? Where it's like, I'm going to hook you up to a machine and this and that. And they get into these crazy, like he has his little buddy Lewis here, the little sailor, Lewis the sailor man here, running the equipment. And they're almost in these like giant test tube type things and strapped in and everything. It's kind of wild. Yeah, he's apparently he was 
born a dwarf and didn't like it. And he did some experiments to make his body bigger, but it didn't work right, which is what I was saying before about the way he looks, like his head yeah. too big. But it also changed his metabolic rate. And so now he requires more energy. Yeah, than any so. normal human. <laughs> but uh, again, page 21, here's a transformation for Jack. And oh man, that middle panel on that page looks really, really good. Oh yeah, that that with the colors of the transformation from like the uh, almost like a pale or a pale peach color to like red, bright red to bright orange. Mm, yeah, and then like you know he's like screaming like raw and like the spittle in his mouth there. It looks crazy. It looks really really good. Well, yeah, but then no. the, yeah, the machine starts to work then though, but Jack gets pissed off and smashes his way out of it. I love it. And then the dwarf kicks the crap out of him. I love it. Yeah, he knows some, you know, martial arts here. So he kicks him right in the face, like right under the chin. Boom. Hi-ya. And it's at this point, too, we can see that he does look like an Asian man, which he did not earlier in the book. So uh, I'm not sure how that happened, but he just looked like a regular dude when they first came, like a regular white dude when they came to the door at Buck's house. But now he looks like a little Asian guy. So. A little stereotypical well, here that he knows, uh, you know, martial arts, but it's still a it, good scene. It's also 72. So, I mean, the coloring wasn't that great. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically, if you know, generally, if they're trying to show someone's Asian, it's generally they're colored like a version of yellow. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. You saw that a lot in uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know whether it's good or not that he's not actually. I mean, on the other hand, he's. He actually does a bit, the color looks a little bit more natural in that second panel when the werewolf breaks free right before he kicks him. Mm -hmm. But for, yeah, for yeah. the most part, he does kind of look like some white guy. But I mean, I don't know, is that bit with features? But is that better or is having the yellow coloring better? Oof, yeah, I don't know. It's not really great options, but it's like, okay, these are the options that existed. So which sucks less? Yeah, I mean, he can kick the crap out of a werewolf, though. Oh, so God. That's pretty, so that's pretty cool. So, yeah, kicks him in the face. Crack. And then he chops him in the throat. Whack. And then he <laughs> just stands there waiting. Posing. <laughs> He's doing like a wrestler, like a, a WWF post, uh, pose here. <laughs> and then the werewolf attacks. He, like, boom, hits him. Mm -hmm. He comes in and throws a huge haymaker and hits him. But then all of a sudden, the two of them are like, ah, like, what's going on here? And. Our buddy uh, Cephalos is busting out of his uh, test tube and he says, enough. And he's all jacked up and big. And I mean, he does have a belly there like he's a he likes his beer, but he's yeah. he's jacked otherwise. and He's pissed off and he's coming for Jack. So Lewis is like, I'm getting the heck out of here. And he just runs away. I'm done. Yeah. And I like that next panel there. The last panel on page 23. It almost looks like Jack has him by the throat with his right hand. And by the crotch with his left hand. <laughs> One of these is going to get you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm either going to tear your throat out or uh, rip your dong off here, I guess. <laughs> but the two of them start fighting. But Jack kind of takes a little bit of a beating here again, too. Like, this guy just hits him with a huge right hand and knocks him, like, either unconscious or just about. And then he's just like, well, I knocked him out. I'm getting out of here. Not as unconscious as he thinks he is. Yeah, if, if he is unconscious, it lasts like, 30 seconds because then our buddy goes and gets in his chopper with Lewis. But uh, how about those panels on page 27? Again, whoever colored this really needs to get some, you know, some kudos here because oh, yeah. it's like a purple lighting and there's the moon in the background and it's blue outside, but inside's like this purple hue. Oh, it looks great. And then Jack is like blue. Oh, it looks so good. 
Yeah, no, it does. Although I want to know what the heck is going on with the floor. It's like oh, the yeah. floor is splitting. It's like, is that where the pool is? Does he have yeah. lava? Like we we never find out what the point of that was. Yeah, I it's mean, almost like it's a wonderful yeah. life. Yeah, where the, the floor opens up and there's a pool underneath. Maybe that happens here too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're not really sure. I mean, it's a very exciting and very cool ending. But think if you go back and look at it, you're like, so wait, they think he thinks the world's knocked out, so he's gonna leave. Yeah, and then like you said, the whole floor thing, it's just all you see is rumble, a sound effect. The floor is kind of uneven, and then there's a, a just one caption box and it says the cobbles were shifting. <laughs> yeah. It's like and, okay. And it's why? like I, it's, I mean, on the one hand, it's like what? On the other hand, I'm kind of liking where like we don't know any more than Jack knows. Like if they tell him stuff, we know it. But if they don't mm -hmm. say anything to him, it's not like an omnipresent narrator where we're told what's going on there. You know, the werewolf mm -hmm. just gets out, so we don't know what happened. And he just goes booking out there, and he sees them trying to take off, and he's like, I snarled, and I lunged. And he jumps onto the side of it and swings into it. Like, he's got some pretty good acrobatic skills here. Swings himself into it feet first, kicks Cephalos in the face, and then you don't see anything else other than him standing there over them. Like, you know, he's going to rip them apart. But then all of a sudden he's like, I'm getting out of here because it starts swinging out of control. And he just takes off and jumps right out and lands on the Hollywood sign on the O. <laughs> yes. And they crash. Mm, and yeah. And they're toast. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're done. And then, you know, we see him. He kind of like hoofs it a little bit away. So, you know, he's smart enough to know like the cops and the fire department are going to show up. And he takes off and he says, I had no control over the wolf, nor he over me. Or had he? Suddenly, the question was there. In the narrow cave of my mind, still open to rational thoughts, whose hand had directed that upward swing, whose will had forced that final fatal attack? So we're seeing here, as early as issue two, you know, they're they're planting some seeds here of him being able to kind of control the werewolf if, you know, he's, they're, like, really thinking about it. Yeah, they're merging them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, merger. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I do like that there's, like, a feral side to him. That's cool, too, when it's, you know, the full moon and all that stuff. But I do also like that, you know, there's a little bit of thought process going in there because, you know, he needs to get out of some jams every once in a while. And just snarling and biting and scratching isn't always going to do it. I like that sometimes yeah. he can think a little bit. And it also gives reason for why if they're going to be trapped with him while he's not just ripping apart Buck and his sister and girlfriend all the time, you know. Yeah. Shreds where they're not dead by issue, you know, last issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, why? What would stop him from? Nineteen seventy-three, and again, my clue cover here. You know, the pencils and inks. Uh, what do you think of this one? This one, to me, uh, I like this cover, but. I don't know what it is. There's just something about this cover that I it, it's not my favorite of the bunch. It's definitely in it's, last place. Okay, again, like I said before, it is amazingly well done in like the drawing itself, the detail and everything. Just talking about how, you know, not talking about whether it's, you like it or not, but how it's done. Mm -hmm. Really well done. But in the issue itself as well, I'm not thrilled with the design of this creature. Mm -hmm. So, like for me, literally, I like half the cover. Everything under the axe I like. Mm hmm. You yep. Know, the Mad Monk and the Werewolf in like this almost it looks like abandoned maybe church. 
Yeah, cathedral or something here, yeah. Exactly. That's cool. But yeah. that demon thing we're going to get later in the issue, it's like, it's not my favorite. So yeah, that, that that is the thing that kind of, me, at least for me, that's where it's like, eh, you know, I don't love it. Yeah, it's some kind of like, uh, it's almost like this mad monk guy is conjuring up this demonic, like, horse or bull type creature that it's like jacked up. It's got big muscles and it has two huge hands that look like they're too big for even him. And he has an axe. So, you know, it may, it might sound good on paper, but when you put pencil to paper, it just, yeah, it doesn't look that great. But like you said, yes. everything else looks good. The werewolf oh, yes. looks that, great. The monk that is bottom good. half is the whole gothic type, you know, horror, you know, 70s horror type stuff. Looks perfect. Yeah, so this is the mystery of the mad monk. And uh, Jerry Conway script, uh, Mike Plug pencils, Frank Schiermonte inks, and then, whoa, Stan Goldberg colors here. So, hey, the colorist finally gets a little uh, credit here. And Charlotte Jetter uh, letters. Oh, yeah, Stan Goldberg. So maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe Stan Goldberg did the others. Yeah, and that's possible because I know he and Marie Severin did a crap load of coloring for Marvel in the 60s and even into the 70s here, I think, and never got credit for it. I think that's there's been a lot of people that have uh, substantiated. Yeah, that I've those, heard some those stuff two about did that. A lot. Yeah, they did a lot of that. So, so all right, been well, him before. Yeah, let's just well, let's just give him credit because he, he's pretty awesome. So uh, I have no problem doing that. Him, him, or Marie Severn. Yeah, they're both awesome. You both have some credit. <laughs> so yeah, here we go with the mystery of the Mad Monk. So Father Ramon Jaquez pursues the mystic tome known as I'm sorry, peruses the mystic tome known as the Darkhold. Suddenly, a gray mist begins pouring from the pages, infecting him. He telephones Jack Russell in a panic but the mist consumes him. Jack hops into his car and begins racing towards the rectory in Tugunga Canyon. As he's driving, the full moon rises and Jack transforms into the werewolf. He leaps from the vehicle, sending the car careening off the edge of the cliff. Back at the Russell estate, Lisa overhears her father on the telephone. He confesses to his part in a conspiracy to murder his late wife, Laura. Lisa runs out of the house and races towards Buck's place. As the evening grows, the werewolf instinctively makes his way towards Father Jaquez's rectory. When he arrives, he finds that Father Jaquez's body has been taken over by the spirit of a 12th century monk named Aelfric. Aelfric reveals that in the year 1179, he took possession of the Scrolls of Chathon, scrolls that would one day become better known as the Darkhold. Fully aware of the curse that has plagued the Russell family, Aelfric seeks to take control of the werewolf. Using his magic, Aelfric secures the werewolf to the wall of the rectory while simultaneously releasing a plague known as the Grey Death upon the land. The werewolf breaks free, and Aelfric summons a bull-headed servant named Dragonus to combat him. Dragonus charges at the werewolf, but Jack ducks out of the way. The monster's body then plunges into Aelfric, goring him with his horns. Aelfric's soul is released, but Father Jaquez dies from the injuries. So, okay. All right, let's check this one out here. So, again, we already went over the cover, but how about the first page on this one here? Again, good splash page by uh, Plug here, right? Oh, with the, yeah, the looking through the window with the stained glass around it and the rain and the, the pre... Oh, no, no, this is great. Yeah. I mean, really it's, not even, it's not that it's doing anything. It's just the guy sitting there reading. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's so atmospheric. Yeah, it's really good. The guy's just sitting there reading, and we see caption boxes, but they're actually, I would assume, of Jack because it's not the the monologue or the thoughts of this uh, priest. It's you know somebody saying, 
I can well imagine how it began. Father Ramon Jaquez was a dedicated man. Perhaps he'd been working late that fateful night, translating the book called The Darkhold, listening as he worked to the sound of rain against the rectory windows, unaware for the moment of the nightmare about to unfold him, the nightmare soon to unfold us all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely Jack, because in the next page, panel four, you, you know, he says, he says, otherwise he would have acted right then instead of pausing to call me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wow. What a great page that is, too. So, again, Plug with this detail on the, the priest here as he's, you know, reading this book and it's kind of starts getting to him. And he's like, wow, there's this book is bad news. And he's sweat dripping off his face. Incredible. Even just the guy dial on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. It's a really good panel. No, it's almost I mean, half almost the last few panels have no no captions. You can almost do the whole thing with page with no captions and it mm-hmm. still works. Yeah. So what do you think of this deal of this, you know, Mr. Fog or whatever coming out of the book? Uh, it, you, yeah, it's the dark hold. You know, they're starting to use the dark hold, which I love. And it's it's you can see the stuff that, that they would end up using later on and years later and other dark hold things, including the dark hold series. Mm-hmm. How the book corrupts itself and like just reading these things is enough to release evil. Yeah, make you it know, crazy. You're, you don't have to you don't have to just, you know, do the spell and say it. You could just be looking and reading it. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that that's dangerous. Yeah, that's what happens. This crazy, you know, mist or whatever, which is actually the spirit of this 12th century monk, you know, takes control of him. And Jack goes uh, running out the door because he tries to call him in time to let him know there's bad news happening here. But uh, he doesn't quite get to tell him exactly what's going on. So, he, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he gets to call Bucks and then runs out, although it is kind of funny. So he runs out after leaving a note, but leaving the phone off the hook. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but oh, this is the part where this is the part where i'm like okay jack seriously you have to start learning how to read a calendar yeah jumping in a car and taking off on a night of a full moon probably isn't a great idea now by the way this might be my favorite transformation oh yeah this is so good on page five here yeah with the moon in the background and he's driving and he's with the wheel a, it's, yeah the it's the wheel, wheel too i can in my head, as I'm looking at this, I can see like just this video of this werewolf, this guy driving and changing a werewolf with like a supercharger heaven by white zombie playing in the bracket. <laughs> yeah, this like literally looks like me going to work some days. <laughs> this is me coming home from work. <laughs> going to work, I'm like, yeah, I'll be late. Mm. Getting coming home, it's like, nope, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then wow. You know, he does the, the page there, page six, where he, you know, jumps out of the car as it crashes and goes over the edge and everything. That page is okay, but, oh, more. you go to page seven here. Look at that panel. Oh, my gosh, the top of page The seven. top one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, of the werewolf with the moon in the background. It is just plug. Uh, I just, he did a lot of great stuff, but this this has to be the best stuff he ever did. Yeah, but I, I love, I'm, I'm still entertained by that panel before the werewolf all of a sudden realizing, wait. I'm a werewolf. I don't know how to drive. Yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to. I don't forgot. I don't know how to drive. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we do see, uh, you know, tying back to all the way of, you know, Marvel Spotlight number two, you know, Jack's uh, stepfather there talking to somebody. He's talking about money and I did what you told me to do and blah, 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 blah. And Lisa's finally like, OK, now I know he is really behind uh, my mother's death. Yeah. And that's it. She's out. Mm-hmm. Yep. she's done and they i guess we're fine okay so lisa i guess because it was a bit in the other issue and then stopped and now it's back here so i guess lisa's a brunette terry was a blonde mm-hmm. 
It was just that maybe she just dyed her hair enough. It's like, no, you look too much like Terry. Please stop that. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah, how about page 10 too? You know, when Jack starts creeping around outside the the, the you know, rectory here. and Oh, really no, interesting is, panel choices there. Huh? This is good. And this is him, at least here, you know, now we'll see how it goes on forward. But this is Plu getting better with storytelling. He's able mm -hmm. to play with the panels, which you see he liked to do, which is why he had to do the triangles. But they're not needed. Mm -hmm. You can follow this, even if there were no, even if there were no captions. You can follow the story more. You know, have an idea of what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know which yeah. way to read. Yeah, he did at the top of the page. He did two, just you know, uh, square, rectangular kind of panels there at the top, and then in the middle, there's three triangle-shaped panels, you know, across left to right that like fit together like a puzzle and then two more, you know, you know, standard panels at the bottom, but it looks really, really good. And like oh, said, yeah. the, the flow is great. Yeah. though the flow plus like he has some fun with it. Like the werewolf's hand in panel two goes over into panel one, mm -hmm. but also look at panel one and two and then look at panel six and seven on the bottom. They don't line up. Panel one is a little bit bigger than two. If you, if you take that line straight down mm -hmm. and the last two panels, the, the uh, one, they're pretty even. Seven is a little bigger than six. Yeah. So like he's having his fun with playing with the panels and the way it works out and the symmetry of it, but it's storytelling is a lot better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I like this page a lot. Mm -hmm. And then this is when we finally meet the the the, the mad monk here. He's possessed. Uh, yeah, he's he's possessed uh, our buddy Jaquez and. Uh, I do like how, you know, he uh, immediately jumps into uh, his origin. He needs to tell us what he's all about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think this is the first time it's called Book of Sins. Yeah. Yep. He says, yeah, I am Elfric called the Mad Monk and the Book of Sins is mine. And he's holding it aloft over his head like, ha, ha, ha. Because that's what it's known as, Darkhold, the Book of Sins. And like, this is, I think, the first since we I don't think they said that before in the series at all. So this is the first time. Yeah, I don't think they have. So. Yeah, I think this is the first time they say actually that name. But yeah, he's uh, he's telling us about his origin here. And this is where we see him. And he was, you know, writing some stuff down. And he had the pages basically of the Darkhold. And, you know, uh, like we said, it kind of gets, you know, retconned or changed or, you know, just little things added and taken away almost to it over the years. But it looks like he's, you know, writing some stuff down, like you said, transcribing it from one language to another. And then, you know, some places you look up, it'll say he was the one that like bound it into a book as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the thing of it's not changed. It's that he was tricked. And Chathon's like, yeah, Satan. That's who <laughs> I am. Sure. Yeah, whatever you believe. Because, I mean, he almost, he's not like the, he doesn't seem to be the typical Satanist. I mean, he, you know, in, in fiction. I mean, he somewhat is. But, like, look what he says here. Um, wait, page where, 11. When he calls Lucifer the Lightbringer. Oh, Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So will all who so will all die who dare oppose me. For I do the work of blessed Lucifer, the light giver. Mm -hmm. And thus Alfred stands, nobler than all. Now, he is still uh, SOB, but in his head, I know it's almost like he's the one thinking he is the better one. Like he's going with like the whole origin of Lucifer as the angel. The light, you know, where it means light bringer and the beautiful one's like, no, 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 maybe he was like, no, no, Lucifer was right. Bad PR mm -hmm. story. But he was right. <laughs> he is good. And I am doing his work. It's like if he knew if he was like going by what we can see here, if this guy knew it was Chathon, he might not have been so willing 
translate yeah. for so I'm going with it's not that you know I mean yeah it was a retcon actually but it still works here that he thinks it's Satan yeah and he turns like a soldier like melts him into a bag of bones him and his horse that is really creepy yeah that mist it's like the, yeah the mist just like dissolves everything leaving the bones only yeah and no, everyone's like nope we just gotta burn it at stake and they're like yeah oh let's get them the angry villagers here with their <laughs> one of them has a looks like one of them has a sword the rest of them have like clubs and they beat the crap out of them and yep they tie them up and uh they chuck them and burn them and does it look like he's melting more than burning there like that last panel yeah it's like, like his face flesh is melting off his face yeah that's that's another like i feel a call back to ec right yeah oh god yeah <laughs> that is just so twisted and it's funny too how not only do they light him up but they chuck uh the dark hold pages into the fire and we can see them and they're right there at the base of the fire and then it just focuses on him but uh within like i don't know maybe the next day or something like that we have some uh scavengers yeah picking yeah. through yeah scavengers looking to see if there's any you know money in his pockets or anything they can steal and all of a sudden they find some scrolls, and it's like, oh, there are those cursed scrolls that he had. <laughs> Fresh like the day they were written. Yeah, not a scratch on them, and they were in the fire that whole time. So it's like, uh-oh, that's how you know this stuff's bad news. <laughs> By the way, in my head, these people, I have them speaking in, like, the British accent of, like, the same people who, like, were selling Scrooge's stuff at the end of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he goes... What does this one guy say? They sell it to somebody, and he says, amazing. You say you found these parchments, woman? And she says, my husband did, sire. And he, she says, uh, we thought a scholar like yourself would be most generous. And he says, and so I will be, woman, just as you deserve. And then in the next panel, there he is dead. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I didn't realize, I didn't catch it when I was reading before, As but as you're talking, I'm just looking at the, the page. He's mm. pulling a knife out. Yeah, so he kills his poor old lady. I don't know where her husband's at at this point. Maybe I'm um, scavenging somewhere else. Uh, actually, based on everything else, because we see these pages throughout the years as he's killed by a bandit who then is killed, who is then is poisoned by his wife, who is then hung as a witch. And it says, down through the centuries, the scrolls pass from hand to bloody hand. I'm going to go with the assumption she killed her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the only person who didn't kill somebody for it, possibly, is Jack's dad. Yeah, he just comes upon it. It just, like you said, it's just until it comes in the possession of a certain Balkan baron. And there's this old woman there, like, as if she just gave it to him. Yeah, it's almost like he did. You know, but I guess maybe if she just gave it to him, he wasn't trying to take it from her. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's the only time. I don't know. Or. He does say something later on about how I couldn't possess your dad, but I could, but I think I can get you. Yeah, I can control you. Yeah. So yep. maybe his dad wasn't, you know, was less uh, susceptible. Could be, yeah. And then uh, we got, uh, it shows a couple of panels of you know, Jack's dad you know, reading this and then getting cursed and changing into a wolf, a werewolf by night. And wow, that's really good on page 18 there, right? That bottom panel. Yeah, no, that is awesome. That background image of the wolf and the smoke. And it does give us sort of somewhat the origin of the werewolf now that by reading the pages, you know, the father cursed himself and his mm -hmm. children. 
Mm-hmm. But it also leads, they also, you know, in a nice way of doing it, like comics do, like this, you know, serialized storytelling, leave us more questions. For the reading of that evil book unleashed a long-hidden demon, a demon which had leaned dormant in your ancestors' veins for nigh on 18 centuries. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what's that about? Yeah, there's some stories to be told about that, right? Yeah, I want to see, I want to, I'm hoping they get to that, because I want to know what that, what's going on there. But yeah, that page below, man, whoo-wee, that looks like, I'm assuming, you know, Jack's father as the werewolf and... Then there's Jack in the forefront and, you know, our buddy Elfric uh, in between there. And he says, I almost had the strength to control your father's lupine form, but not quite. So that's why he's going to try to uh, enslave Jack here, right? Yeah, he is got because for vengeance mm-hmm. against these people who are dead for 800 years and not even in the same country. <laughs> right. And then uh, poor Lisa, of course, she walks in and she's like, you know, oh, I found a note left for Buck and it says he's going to the rectory. I don't remember him writing a note as he ran out the door, but okay, no problem. And he did say he was writing a note. Oh, did he? Okay, which is why I found it funny he left the phone off the hook. <laughs> yeah, really it's, took the time to do that, but not hang up the phone. That's an example, I think, sometimes of the writer not paying attention fully to what was drawn. Because mm-hmm. if they're doing this Marvel method, you know, it's like Jack rushes out to go there, and he's like, "All right, Mike's like, I'm going to draw Jack rushing out. Look, the phone's off the hook, and Conway's not paying attention. He's like, after leaving a note for Buck, it's like, all right." <laughs> yeah but yeah so poor lisa here so she's driving along and i don't know it seems like this has only happened over a couple of hours but in a couple of hours uh the cops have managed to you know put up all these like roadblocks and stuff like that because i guess the crazy ale frick released that green mist or whatever he calls it well, yeah i can go with that though there's enough calls plus maybe somebody saw the wreck and called it in so the cops are there anyway and now they're getting reports like hey Stop, block the road. Yeah, the gray death, it's called. So she starts talking to this cop, and then another one's standing there. Look at what happens to him. Wow, is that crazy on page 20. Same as the horse. Same yeah. as the, the knight and the horse. Yeah, and unfortunately, you have more arrows. But, you know, he's learning. Mike's learning. He's getting better. Mm, yeah, so that's some crazy stuff there. And then we see the cop laying there, and it's just, you know, just a bag of bones laying there in his hat. And all the other cops like, hey, what's going on? Lisa jumps in her car and takes off. And Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like, she goes head right for it. Yeah, she just, she's like, mm, murderous fog that kills people. Yeah, I'll drive into it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then she does end up getting there to the, uh, you know, the rectory, but there was a security guard, and he pulls a gun on her. But oh, holy smokes, again, EC all the way here on page 22. Oh, my God. Yeah. That <laughs> fate, literally, I mean, they do a slow motion of it where, like, everything melts. Mm-hmm. And she's just watching and, well, of course, terror, because I think any of us would be if that happened in front of us. Right. Yeah. And then the guy, the cop just or security guard just turns into a pile of goop. It's gross. And then she sees Alfred, which apparently that makes her pass out. So, yeah, that would probably make me pass out, too. <laughs> He's kind of scary looking, right? <laughs> and we see something's up with Lisa because we find off Malfrick, like if it wasn't, you know, if this isn't your sister who's also affected by this, she'd be dead already. Yes, that's how he says she survived this gray death being around her, which is pretty interesting. But, you know, he did say earlier that this has been in your family for centuries, this curse, you know, when they were, it was in a caption box. Maybe not Elfric. Well, and also the next page, when we get Draconis showing up, mm-hmm. you and your sister of your life through can curse. I can mm-hmm. never pronounce that word. But yeah, mm-hmm. so 
we know she's possibly destined for this too. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of funny, but yeah, he raises this. Well, and it's funny too in that panel after he says about that, him and his sister, you know, he starts, you know, raising his arms up like he's raising up this demon. Man, he looks really creepy there. His skin's all blue and everything. What about that? He looks like a zombie. Oh, God, yeah. No, that is that is freaky looking. It's almost like an effect that the magic's having on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It actually, now, I don't know if it's the character had appeared before or not, so maybe I'm wrong here, but it almost looks a bit like Chathon. Oh, yeah, kind of with, the, like, the hood on and, like, that robe and everything. Yeah, And the bit. shape of the face, like, the face looks misshapen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting, but you're right. It does kind of look like him. So, I mean, if Chathon had already appeared, then I'm wrong. But if he hadn't appeared yet, I wonder if and when we see his first appearance, like, will it be, you know, is it in this series, maybe? Well, I mean, maybe, like, they have taken inspiration from the way Mike drew this to go, yeah, let's make it look like that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, now the, the crazy dragon, uh, Dragonus, is here, and he's got a sword, and he's got an axe, and uh, he has a... a, a uh, a deerskin bikini here bottom that he's wearing and <laughs> it almost he's looks part like of the he-man line yeah it almost looks like it could just be a guy with like a crazy like like mask on or something right it oh yeah it kind of does i mean i had a wonder first like wait is that like a mask like a you know a helmet mm-hmm. or is that his actual head yeah because on the pa- on the cover it definitely to me looked like you know a horse head or a steer or whatever Whatever you want to call him. But yeah, in here, it almost looks like just like it could be a guy. <laughs> yeah. Is it a guy? Or is it a minotaur? I'm not sure which. Yeah. He's got an axe and he swings it and tries to chop Jack's head off. And the two of them start fighting and he's biting him and <laughs> the two of them are going at it. But he uh, does the old bull charge here and uh, comes after uh, Jack. But Jack uh, kind of uh, jumps out of the way. And mm, poor Alfred. He gets gored, right? Yes. Which makes Draconis fade away. Mm hmm. Who apparently will appear again at some point. Mm, that's great. I looked him <laughs> up. He has four appearances. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just so in case anyone really needs to see him. Monsters Unleashed number two. And then Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. So like the early 90s series. Number oh, nine, yeah. 17. Well, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, the Doctor Strange doesn't surprise me because he dealt with the Darkhold a lot and stuff like that. And I think that was around the time when Roy went back to that book, too, didn't he? I'm pretty sure, yes. So he probably dug that up, I would bet. Yeah, Max, I'm clicking on it right now to see. But the Monsters Unleashed, yep. i got to check that out because I have those magazines. Roy Thomas. Mm, yeah, I figured. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Yeah, because you figure, wasn't around this time, he was be, going to become editor-in-chief, I think, wasn't he? 72, 73 in there? I think so. Uh, yeah. Let's see if it says me, tells me here. I'm looking up the stuff about edit- creators... Editor Roy so. Thomas. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's right around when he was doing it because I think it was like seventy seventy one somewhere where Lee yeah. stopped being editor in chief and became like publisher or something like that. Right? Because I think at this point there really were no editors like many of them like they have now. Mm-hmm. You know, where you can have like you know twelve editors. I think at this point you had two editors. You had the editor in chief, and you had if you if they had you know they gave them that right, they had a writer editor. Yeah. You know, yeah. So if you were right, if it's not the set writer listed as the editor, then it's probably that guy's a editor in chief. Wow. So how about this last page here? This is really good where we see this, uh, the the spirit of this uh, Alfred uh, leaving Father Jaquez 
and that's a really good panel there up top. And then a couple of panels of him uh, talking and saying about, you know, Satan walking the earth. And I had no idea that the evil truly uh, in, uh, existed. And Jack's kind of just standing there looking at him in wolf form like, uh, okay. No, no, don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. And he just picks up Lisa and goes running off. But wow, again, that last pa- panel there, those last two panels there on the page. Uh, oh, my gosh. How great are they? Oh, yeah. No, with the priest there with the light shining through on him while the werewolves running around with Lisa. Hmm. And again, detail on everything. Detail on the, the, the church or cathedral or whatever. Detail on the werewolf, on Lisa's hair, her shirt. There's mountain in the background. Like, it's crazy, crazy good. Oh, yeah. No, it's this is so good. Wow! Yeah, it's, I, it flew. Yeah. what a man! What a what a master! <laughs> yeah, there's like there's a reason why when you think of Marvel '70s horror books, any you know usually the first image you come in your, in your mind is going to be one of two artists, Mike Plug or Gene Colan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you're not kidding. Absolutely, those are the two guys that you should think of too because they deserve all the credit because they you know between Werewolf by Night and some other stuff, and then Tomb of Dracula with Gene and his you know some. Other stuff he did, too. Oh, incredible artists. Yeah. It's all about the two of them, so. Yeah, for real. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. Any final thoughts on these? Good stuff, right? No, this is cool. This is fun. I like this is it's like they had a little. I mean, the stories weren't bad the first few issues, but this seems like a little bit. I feel like I'm a little more impressed this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're getting a little deeper for sure. Yeah. And they're, they're continuing on in a nice way, but. They're not just random i'm a werewolf and someone's after me okay now i'm a werewolf and someone's after me now i'm a werewolf again and someone's after me randomly mm-hmm. yeah i mean you still have the subplot about the father the stepfather going on and everything so it's not even just like the the werewolf versus you know the the villain of the week either there's a lot more going on than that so you know you gotta give uh, conway credit for that yeah because they're using it because they now have the dark hold for links like the you know they go to find the, mm-hmm. the priest and he, the dark holds were curses him and in issue one, it was they were after the dark hold. So we have you know more reason than just it's a werewolf. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, and I looked up real quick. So now I don't know whether they did it or not, but I had to check real quick. So Chathon first appears in Marvel Chillers number one, where we get the first appearance of Mordred the Mystic. Oh yeah, Mordred the Mystic. Yeah, I do have that somewhere floating around. And it's completely different creators: writers Marv Wolfman and Bill Mantlo, pencilers Ed Hannigan and Young Montano. Now, so. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so it could just be a coincidence. I mean, the funny thing is about comics, I know some other people, including Peter Rios, have talked about this. There's a lot of times you look back at older comics and other things, and even that time when they weren't planning on it, you could see a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's unintentionally done or yep. subconsciously done. Or maybe they just, they, they're doing it intentionally, but there's so many of them, they can't remember them all. So they're like, I don't know. We just did a story. Yep. Yeah, I think, yeah, sometimes I think some things, you know, kind of matched up just through happenstance, and other times it was like, you know, there was a mojo going around the office. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, great stuff. And again, Plug, all hail Plug. Man, this artwork is incredible. He deserves all the the credit he gets and then some. So, fantastic stuff. So, all right. Well, if anybody's looking for you out there, Al, where can they find you at? Well, the main place to find me is my show, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, which is, you know, all about those MCU stars, Adam Warlock and Thanos. Mm-hmm. I, well, Adam, Adam will be a star soon enough, so let's, I'm just going to take credit now. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might as well, right? And then I think right now, too, you're still doing some, like, kind of wilderness years type stuff, right? Yeah, we're doing all the stuff that takes place in, like, the very late 70s and the 80s between the Avengers Annual uh, 7, where they die, and Silver Surfer 34, where where Thanos comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, all we're doing all that stuff, the minor cameos, the thing the, and the setting up of the mythos to get it all ready for the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah, that's the big one. The quest and then the gauntlet. Those are the biggies. Yeah. So yep. we're getting that all the way up with a bunch of random bunch of different guest stars. Mm hmm. Yep. And if anybody wants to find you on social media, you're on Twitter, right? At Adam Thanos pod. And for the show, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever search you use in a podcast for podcatchers, it'll show up. Mm-hmm. absolutely so all right everybody yeah get out there and give al a follow listen to his show for sure and uh yeah catch us back here next time where we're gonna cover a couple more issues of werewolf by night here and uh keep on chugging away i think it's the same creative team for a couple more issues and i think plug hangs on for a, a good bit here but uh, there's a writer change coming up i think in the next few issues so we'll have to talk about that <laughs> uh yeah i'm seeing the next issue is definitely still conway and plug Mm-hmm. I think maybe the next two, maybe three at the most are, and then I think oh, five is Len Wein. Yeah, Wein takes over. But yeah, Plug which still. Yep. Yeah, we get Plug for a while, which is great. He stays on for a bit, and then number nine. I cannot wait to get to issue number nine because that's my favorite wacky villain of all time. So anybody that knows me uh, intimately, you might know who that is. I actually have another uh, Twitter account, or uh, I have him as my. Uh, uh, Im- image there, but uh, we'll get to that one, and I cannot wait because it's again my favorite wacky villain, and it's Tom Sutton artwork, which is always a treat because Tom Sutton's another master. Oh yeah. So all right, well that's gonna wrap us up this time, and then uh, everybody uh, get ready. So uh, we're gonna get back on here another time in the in the near future and uh, start uh, banging out more issues at a clip, and uh, yeah, looking forward. All right. Yep. No, I'm looking forward. I want to see what happens next. I want to say Mm -hmm. Lisa's going to finally find out that this is her brother. (laughs) She's going to be like, wait, we're related? (laughs) You need to work on your shaving. (laughs) So, all right, that's wrapping it up. And uh, we're going to get out of here quick and take a break and be right back.
and a gent who ran amok in Kent. Lately he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. I'd like to meet his tailor. episode another great time uh, with uh, howling Al Sedano <laughs> and uh, looking forward to more with him you know we're gonna kind of run through the series here and we've also decided to uh, you know throw in the giant size and some of the other appearances there as well so you know look forward to those uh, in the feed uh, we're gonna mix them in with uh, you know hopefully where they are chronologically as well all of uh, Jack Russell's uh, exploits here so definitely look forward to that and uh, more episodes coming down the road take care